You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Elizabeth Monroe. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Liz, it's, it's May 6th in 2021. You're in Wales, which yep. sounds kind of magical to me. I've only been there once, yes. but it was amazing. Um, what's, it, what's it like there? Where are you exactly, and how is it at this point? It really pandemic? is magical. You're absolutely right. The countryside and the trees are, right now, are spectacular. New green leaves are appearing on the trees. It's a special color. Just wonderful. And right now, the sun is shining in my window, which overlooks an estuary that leads to the sea. And so all the weather comes towards me. That's good and not so good sometimes. Right. And where are you exactly in Wales? I'm ready. Penryn Day Drive. <laughs> That's very good. He says, <laughs> okay. I know I could have. <laughs> I think it means um, land between two beaches in Welsh. And uh, let's talk about what you're, what you're doing at the moment. Okay, what, what I'm doing right now, right now I'm sitting in this room in Wales taking a total new look at my life. And that's what's happening to me at the moment. And so what does that mean? How, how, how is that I'm I'm, I'm looking at all the experiences I've been having, especially the recent experiences of being with a dying person and seeing the, hearing their last breath and then having to arrange a, a burial and everything that goes with when somebody changes their dimension or is commonly known as dying and that has been my total focus for a long time now because my very dear friend Sky who came from a very damaged childhood has passed over and I'm doing all I can so that she's at peace and at the same time, I am now feeling that I am looking at all my work in the past. I have been reassessing and looking and, and basically getting a whole new perspective on just about everything in my life, not to mention so COVID. Yeah. So let's talk about that new perspective on COVID and your, and your life. Um, where do we where do we start with that? Because you know, right. some, you know I'm so I'm so sorry to hear about that. That's, that's well, here in Wales, she didn't have COVID. She died of other causes. However, COVID is with us all. And right now, I'm busy signing petitions online to try and get the patents lifted on the vaccines, so that India, for instance, can make their own vaccines. And I hear that Joe Biden is willing to look at this and maybe lifting his uh, erstwhile denial of it. So I'm very happy about that. And I just feel that until everybody's safe, none of us are safe. Right. And so 
And so this is one of the ways you're saying um, Sky's, Sky's passing has affected your, your thinking moving forward. Um, how else? Because it's very powerful to arrange everything. And uh, it, it seems <laughs> if you want, we can talk about how that was done um, yes. or, or, or another topic. Uh, but the, the, they're all going, we're all going to be discussing the same thing, which is, you, you know, how you're thinking now. So, that, yeah, that, that ceremony seemed very special. Do you want to talk about what happened there? Yes, well, you know, it's interesting because uh, interesting that um, Linda Montano had referred me to you because she was very instrumental in me moving from plain, not plain, but pure painting into into art life or life art. And so I feel as if it's really permeated everything I do um, down to ordinary life, you know, uh, in, so that everything becomes part of a big vision of of my sense of, in quotes, reality. So, um, Linda, you know, Linda's influence is is a big part, as you're saying, of how you're perceiving your work, the future, art life, meaning what we do in life can be art. The, the, the yes. acts that don't seem like art or aren't even framed as performance can be art. Um, Absolutely. Let's, so, so let's talk about the, the, um, the most recent art life happening, artwork then, which mm. is um, you taking care of, of Sky, right? What, yes, that's what, right. What, Right. What happened there in the end? Uh, because from the images I've seen, and, and some of them the viewers will see here, the listeners, um, what what um, what happened? And, and was that something you discussed with her? Yes, we had discussed it while she was healthy and alive a, a long time ago, and uh, we had to. I had discovered online that there was a wood in Wales, the only place in Wales where they have natural burials. That means that a couple, Arabella and her husband, who own the property, have bought this large wild wood. And together they had a vision of having a natural burial place where people could be buried with, without that none of the headstones are sticking up out of the ground, that they're mostly local slate that have been engraved and have weathered into the floor of the forest. So it, when you walk in, it looks like, just looks like a natural wood with little footpaths that you walk up and people go in there and walk their dogs and wander about. The trees are absolutely incredible, very tall, very, very tall, thin, lot of birch trees going up to the sky, all sorts of native trees that Bella is, has vowed to uh, bring back into the wood. And then on the forest floor there were bluebells, primroses as we walked up there. Beautiful, wild garlic. Many beautiful trees. This is obviously a new type of cemetery where there, there aren't markers there as well. Do you want to explain more about how uh, how this how it all happened? Because she was buried in a kind of a wicker 
basket. Yes, I chose right? I chose that for her. It seemed right. Uh, a wicker container, a casket, woven casket, you could say. And uh, and what happened was they had brought that in the car. They carried the car up to the place I'd chosen, which was actually when first I went, Bella had brought her little dog uh, named Hound of the Baskervilles. Well, she calls him her Baskerville. And um, I said, do you really call her Baskerville? And she said, well, no, I call her Babs. So Babs it is, really. So Babs led me up this path, and there was the place that I chose. It was perfect. And that's where where it happened. And on the day itself, my friend and I, we walked up the path with these very friendly people who were helping. And the the woven casket had already been put in the hole in the ground. And we tossed flowers. And I remember throwing rosemary from my garden. Well, it was also Sky's garden at one point. Rosemary from the garden onto the casket and a red rose and different flowers, pansies, daisies, lovely. And they just fell on top of the casket. I think a photograph was in there of that. And, uh, and then Bella sang a very simple song about peace. And I just lifted mm. my hands up to the sky And and, and was, then and then it was and then did other people talk or, or what what happened? Oh, that, that was it. And then we went eventually comfortably. We went down the path, and Babs came along with us. That's the little dog, and we walked down and we went back to our homes. That was it. Very simple. It couldn't have been simpler. And the birds were singing. It was very beautiful. That is very beautiful. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about art life, the move from painting to this. Mm. And, um, and the, well, I do, I, do, about, about I do still paint, but I haven't had time since I've been so... Um, it's, uh, Sky's uh, late life has been so encompassing for me to, to deal with that... Um, Basically, all I've had time to do really art-wise is take photographs of whatever's happening in my life. And but that's a different way of making art is what you're saying also. That's a, that's a, though you're not painting, taking photographs of uh, the whole ceremony that, that you just uh, yes, I did do that. in some ways. Is, 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 is it satisfying in the way making art is? is it, does it feel the same to you? Because that's, that's your which you said at the beginning, right, similar to what Linda's doing or, or, or that idea. Anyway. You know, it's interesting because I actually looked for this and found it amazingly enough. It was a statement that I had made about my, my work. And I wrote, I love paint, what it does and how it looks when it drips, splashes, runs and is pressed on. I enjoy the way it feels to move into applying it and to see how it responds to my action. I like a flat, smooth, white surface like paper or canvas. That way I can focus on the paint itself. 
I appreciate pastel for its soft, breakable quality, its colors, the way it smudges, magic markers for their fast line, and glitter and gold dust for their light play and sheen. I go to color instinctively. I use Liquitex acrylic paint in liquid form. I work with the painting on the floor and usually restretch after it is dry and complete. Sometimes I use marks from my personal art history memory, like this, which is how I drew curly hair when I was seven. When I paint, I sometimes hold hands in my imagination with certain painters and other people I feel close to, following my associations and energy response into the next movement. The painting is formed during this event and has a life of its own. And really, that's where I'm at with painting. And that was a liberation for me when I discovered abstract expressionism after I'd already met an inspiring teacher at Leeds College of Art where I went. And then, I just want to say, very important in my life, Brainard, right now, is retrospectively I see that all my work has been what I now call survival art for survival purposes or escape purposes and healing purposes, all of the above. Because I was abused when I was six years old for quite a long time by a stranger who came into my home, sexually abused. And this is something that I feel is so important for abuse to be recognized and, and helped to see it and to do whatever you need to do to not feel alone and to work with it until you can see through it and beyond it. And I feel as if I finally am doing that at the, at the age of 82. I'm very happy to feel that way. And you feel that your, your painting practice played uh, a very important role in that. It says that, that Absolutely. That now, I was listening to one of your interviews with... I don't know how to pronounce her name. Rana Tahir, yeah, a poet. Yeah, that's correct. You're saying it Yeah. Rana Tahir. And she talked yeah. about domestic abuse, creating a lifeline. And I absolutely agree. I think that, that having met an inspirational art teacher, I was so lucky because I hadn't articulated anything about this. It was totally taboo. I had no vocabulary for it, of course, since six years old. And um, Skye and I had bonded because she was incested by her father and her brother all her childhood. She was totally trapped. Luckily, I wasn't totally trapped. My, I have such compassion for anybody who's been through this and I've done a lot of work in my life also to, to, to deal with this and to help other people. So it's very important to me that um, there is an escape, that there is some kind of breathing possible 
and I discovered it through Harry Thubrin and then painting. And it was very a very great release for me. And the abstract expressionist movement was the perfect, what should I say, influence to actually lose description of the um, description world, if you know what I mean. I no longer needed to paint something that looked like something in the quote-unquote real world. I guess that's called representational painting. And I found the freedom to move my body with the paint. This was an amazing thing. And it certainly kept me in touch with myself in a way that I, would, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have known. And it was a, life, a lifeline, really, absolutely. And the work now that you're doing, uh, yeah, it's very, thank you for sharing this and talking about this. Um, so you're, you're in a very p- different position now. And uh, this, the whole ceremony for Sky was, was just recently completed. You said yeah. you're doing a lot of reflection on, on, on all of this, uh, yeah. which, which seems also to be part of the, your, your, your process, your, your art, your thinking. Um, what, and thank what, what you so much. For being here to, to to listen and to allow me to come to these words, I really thank you. Well, you're so very welcome. I, I thank you as well. And uh, and so, what are some of the thoughts that are happening now in terms of um, how you're? You, you said at the beginning of of this interview that you were looking back on on, on a lot of things, kind of retrospective yes. look on your on yes. your life. Um, and, I, and, and is it what you were just talking about, this, the, the, the passive abuse, the role of painting and art? Um, is that what you've been thinking about? Yes. Absolutely. I have. And I've also yeah. spent, spent several months this, this last COVID year of um, looking at some large scrolls that I painted in the 80s. And uh, I sent you a few of those pictures. And, yeah. um, and really, they were so extraordinary to actually paint. It's such a great thing to do. I really, really, really loved it. And I may do some more. <laughs> I can do anything I want, and... Uh, that's what I might do. But there's so many different things that we can all do. We can do many different things. Yes, we can, and, and, and keep changing as, as well. So, um, so you said you can do anything you want. I love, I love hearing you say that. Uh, is, is that because of, uh, of where you are or, or, um, or just how you're feeling at this moment because of the liberation of the past, of... Of, of work by I can do anything I want what does that mean because it's a wonderful thing to hear well first of all it means that I've got to make an appointment with my physiotherapist because because right. I want to be free of pain in order to be able to do whatever I want so I have to pay attention to nitty gritty kinds of things that will keep me in good health and therefore I need some advice about what to do and how to do it 
which uh, is all part of the practical side of everyday life as well. At the same time as being free to do creatively whatever I want. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. And so uh, where you are in Wales, is there a a community that's supportive? Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly where you are in Wales, but... uh, In farming country. So how does how does your work, your ideas, this process, get out into the world, or or, or does it have to? Well, it hasn't at the moment. I I, I haven't um, known how to do that unless I did something online, maybe. And um, if you have any ideas, I yeah, appreciate I mean, yeah, it. Of course, I mean, but you, nothing has to go online. But but for, for but for your life, you've been making these paintings and 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 not exhibiting them. No, I have. I have in the past. I have exhibited because when I first of all when I went to the United States, I I, um, I was involved with the Judson. I fell in to be involved with the Judson's Dance Theater. Do you know anything about that? Sure, that's probably where you know. Um, Linda from and, and oh, I knew Linda from the Zen, Center in, um, oh, the Zen Center in upstate New York. Right, but yeah, but the the Judson, there was amazing people there. It was who was there then? Yvonne Rayner, Carly Schneeman. Yvonne Rayner, one of my heroines, absolutely hero of mine. Yvonne Rayner, Phil Corner, um, Lucinda Childs, um, Fred Herco. Arlene Rothline, um, Elaine Summers, so many wonderful people. Mm. Yes, and they, it was so exciting. That was such an exciting time. Wow, it was all new. We were breaking barriers. It was just unbelievable. And it was a mixed bag of different sorts of artists, musicians, dancers. Wow, what an extraordinary time that, that was extraordinary and that, and that was that was forming your sense of of your of yourself as an as an artist and in your medium well it was blowing it apart i was well i did i did a couple of sets i did some paintings i wouldn't call it a set because judson was free-flowing i did some big things and i did something on in one of the performances I remember and then I was uh, did I painted on people for another performance that was great that was fun the whole the whole Malcolm Goldstein another musician fantastic wow yes that was a very exciting time and then after that I um, moved to upstate New York which is where I did meet Linda who I call Rosita. Why do you call her Rosita? That was one of her other names at the time. <laughs> oh, she yeah, has many well, personalities. Was, right, Rosita. That was um, uh, like when she was uh, blessing people on the streets, wasn't it? Like, like that was Mother Teresa. Teresa. That was Mother oh, Teresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, she looked yeah, just like she, Mother Teresa. Yes, she did. That was amazing. That was amazing. Thank you so much for for all you've shared about your your process and um, and your history. I'd I'd love to know in the last question what you're reading at the moment. I'm reading a book 
by Sogyal Rinpoche called The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. Liz, I want to thank you so much for talking with me again today, and I, and I wish you well. Thank you very much, Brainard. I really enjoyed it. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.